We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. At Wednesday's Chicago City Council meeting, the aldermen said a farewell of sorts to Mayor Rahm Emanuel, but some of them were saying goodbye to the council themselves. There will be several new faces in the council chambers and maybe a new mood and even a new direction. This weekend, we'll talk about the possibilities. Hello, I'm political editor Craig Delamore, and this is At Issue. is still in office for about four more weeks, but last week was Mayor Emanuel's last council meeting before handing the keys to the fifth floor over to Mayor-elect Lori Lightfoot. But if the outcome of the mayoral runoff was an indication that Chicagoans are ready for change, the elections and runoffs for aldermen were too. Three aldermen were defeated outright in the first round's mostly multi-candidate races. Proco Joe Moreno in the first war, John Arena in the 45th war, and Joe Moore in the 49th. Moore, one of the founders of the city council's progressive caucus, was defeated by his only challenger, a candidate politically to his left. Political activist Maria Haddon is the founder and director of Our City, Our Voice, a nonprofit, and she had the backing of Congressman Chewy Garcia, the Chicago Teachers Union, and SEIU, among others. Alderman-elect Haddon is with us this weekend. Also joining us is 15th Ward Alderman Raymond Lopez, who won an easy re-election after one term in office. He won his election in 2015 after a remap left the boundaries changed and forced previous Alderman Tony Folks into the 16th Ward. She lost her runoff, by the way. Uh, he's been involved in politics since he was a teenager. He was an airport worker at Midway for 12 years. Rounding out our aldermanic panel is veteran alderman Walter Burnett of the 27th Ward. He was first elected to the council in 1995. He worked for the Cook County government for more than a decade before that, part of it working for the then recorder of deeds, Jesse White. He worked on the campaign that helped White win his current job as secretary of state. Uh, He's been uh, mostly allied with uh, Rahm Emanuel and gave the most heartfelt of the remarks uh, this past week. Uh, about him. And frankly, we've been to so many announcements and news conferences on the 20, in the 27th Ward, we thought that the mayor had a condo out there. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, anyway, welcome to all three of you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, through election victories, some retirements uh, like Margaret Lorino's or Alderman not running again because of trouble with the feds like Willie Cochran and Danny Solis, there will be about a dozen new aldermen, maybe more out of the 50. At least five will be declared Democratic Socialists, joining Alderman Carlos Ramirez Rosa in that category. So let me start with you, the newest face, uh, at least among these people on the council. What does all of this, uh, Maria Haddon, say to you about the voters? And, and, and frankly, what do you expect from the council? When I made my decision to run for office, it was based on a, a feeling and a personal opinion that Chicago's facing a lot of large problems. And by, by large, a lot of the folks that we had elected who'd been in office for many years had failed to fix them. 
it was uh, uh, an opinion and a feeling that I thought that many Chicagoans shared. And I think that the results of these elections showed that th- that's that's correct. We're in a time where people are tired of some of the same old answers to the problems that we have and are willing to give new people a shot to try different solutions. Um, Raymond Lopez, uh, you've had one term working in this job. Uh, what have you learned about how things work or don't uh, that you might not have thought when you when you first got there? And what do you expect with uh, the new freshmen coming in? You know, when I was elected four years ago, I believe we had 13 freshmen that came in in that, in that uh, class. Um, and I think one of the challenges that, I, that I've noticed is sometimes aldermen collectively do not use their power fully. You know, sometimes we abdicate a little too much of our control to, out, to outside forces. Um, and I'm looking forward, actually, to seeing some of our newest members put their muscles to work and try to do what they want and push an agenda that is council-driven. Um, but I think the lesson for all of us, and this election was no different, is that at the end of the day, whatever you're doing in City Hall is great, but you always have to be responsive and still connected to your communities, to your ward. Otherwise, as in the case of some of our colleagues, they will remind you that you still work for them, and if they have someone who they feel is more connected to them, you will be replaced. Uh, Walter Burnett, we're hearing so much talk about the new, stronger, independent city council. Uh, you've been around long enough to have heard such talk before. Uh, is this uh, new reality or wishful thinking? Well, I mean, it's, you always have new aldermen getting elected uh, every election uh, season. Um, you know, at the end of the day, uh, like my colleague just spoke, it's all about taking care of your ward. Um, and, you know, what uh, aldermen are going to learn, uh, even as they try to get into groups, sometimes uh, it becomes very competitive in trying to get resources for your ward. And sometimes you may even have to compete against the guys you're in a group with, right? Yeah. <laughs> because, <laughs> because especially in trying times when there's not a lot of resources to go around. And, um, and, and so uh, in order to bring those resources back to your community, you have to figure out a way of positioning yourself so that you are able to get those resources to bring it back to the community. Because at the end of the day, most of the time, most people in your community, the only thing they care about is their community. Uh, so I, I think uh, it's going to be a, a big learning curve for all of us, actually, because all of us are going to have to deal with a new administration. Uh, and uh, we all are going to have to learn how to deal with this administration and how to be able to uh, agree to disagree. Right. And and also to be able to get things for your community. Uh, and that's going to be the challenge. I mean, uh, you know, uh, when, when new guys come to the table, uh, first thing I try to tell new guys is, uh, at the end of the day, people only care what you can do for them. If you can't bring anything back to your community, they're gonna feel like you didn't do anything. They don't. They probably half of them don't even look at the news and see all the protests and all those things that you're doing in city hall. What they see is what's on their block, and uh, and that first year of council, if you want to get stuff developed. It takes about three to four years to get things developed, right? So if you fight and mess around in your first year, by the time it's time to run again, you may not have anything done. 
And people would be looking at you as like, what did you do? <laughs> right. You, you know, one, one of my favorite uh, quotes was, uh, was, of all things, from a, a Peanuts cartoon, uh, Charles Schultz. Uh, and I, sh- I shouldn't say favorite because it's kind of it's scary, but there is no heavier burden than great potential. And, I, I mean, I'll, I'll toss this one to you, Maria Han. Our expectations for you and the other freshman class, such, such as it is, so high because of the, the real high emotion that there was in this, uh, this election. I, I do think that people have a lot of high expectations, though I imagine that on a ward-by-ward basis, they're no higher than any time we elect a new person. I know that having the, a head-to-head race in, in the February uh, election, I felt a lot of expectations, not just from the community members, uh, right, the residents who were volunteering. Like, we had over a 1,000 volunteers on my campaign. We engaged people who didn't normally vote, uh, you know, folks who hadn't voted before, who weren't registered. And a lot of what I heard from people was, well, I know you, so I trust you. And that comes with expectations of of what what they want me to do once in council. And also, there were also the added expectations from the other candidates at the time of knowing that I had a head-to-head race and really hoping that, you know, I would win. So some of, some of us that had similar platforms, similar kind of backgrounds or issues. And I, um, I'm managing those expectations the same way I did in the campaign, which is just being really open, keeping communications going, making sure that I'm bringing residents and community members with me on this learning process knowing that it is a learning process and trying to pace myself on, you know, what are the priorities of of what I need to get set so that I can be a good representative in city council for them. Um, Ray Lopez, how how long did it take you to, to really feel like you had a handle on, on especially what's in the war? You know, I had the benefit of being elected democratic committeeman in 2012. So I had kind of like a leg up on most, incoming freshmen in my group who were just elected as just straight aldermen um, because I had already been dealing with a lot of the ward's issues. And in particular, like you mentioned, when the remap happened and alderman folks shifted her attention to the 16th ward, I became quite literally the only elected official left in the ward. Um, so we kind of knew from a, we had a, a running start, if you will. We already knew where all the bad houses were, all the bad actors and where all the good organizations and partners were. Um, but I think coming in as alderman, you know, that's a whole totally different, you know, ball game because now you've got to, one, you've got to get past the election. You've got to now start reaching and talking to different people, um, which is actually why I was excited to be here with Miss Alderman-elect Haddon because I know she was involved, you know, with my opponent. But again, those, that was, that was then, that was then. <laughs> and now we have a city to worry about. Um, and I think that as we look, you know, uh, she's correct. You have a lot of expectations when you come in that you have to try and manage because everyone has so much emotion that you're trying to temper the emotion and transform it into passion so that it evolves into commitment towards an end goal as opposed to just, you know, being overrun with emotion and being too emotional to get anything accomplished. Because mm-hmm. in the end, um, that doesn't serve anybody. And that usually, you know, my experience it took about a year and a half two years um i actually had one of our more veteran colleagues more veteran than alderman burnett tell me you know (laughs) 
um, your first term, just sit down and be quiet. <laughs> and as you know, I failed miserably in that one. Um, and I would give the same, same advice. I would never give that advice to the new alderman now because I don't think the Chicago electorate wants aldermen that sit back. They want to see that passion for the issues that they're facing. But at the same time, they need to see metrics that prove that you're actually accomplishing goals associated with those emotions. And by the way, any of you can jump in at any time uh, on this as we uh, as we go through. But, but Walter Burnett, um, how much of what you can do depends on the raw material that's in your ward? For example, I mean, you've got a ward that has some, um, you know, amazingly rich resources and some and and some areas that are, you know, that are struggling uh, or at least the people in them are struggling to get the day their daily needs and balancing all of that but then there, there are going to be wards where it's all one way or all the other yeah well you know that's where you i mean my ward was not always like that i mean it's been you know 24 years uh but you have to build it up to be like that and the way that you build it up to be like that is utilizing your public resources you know and and one of the good things about uh, being an incumbent is that you have relationships you know um across all government agencies, right? You have relationships in Springfield, sometimes in the White House. So you need to bring tax dollars and things to the table. Like I was just at a meeting last last night trying to get some affordable housing uh, built, and they need funding from the federal government. They need some tax credits from Springfield, all those things. So, of course, I called JB's people last night and said, hey, man, I need some tax credits, you know? I mean, so those relationships are helpful uh, when you've been around, uh, but 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 if you don't yeah, have, and you those, knew J.B. Pritzker before you knew J.B. Pritzker before he met his wife. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> before he married his wife. Yes, I did. Yeah. But 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 you know. But the thing is, is that if you don't have relationships, you have to build them. You know, and and all Thank of you. us, for all of us, you have to build relationships with department heads too, mm-hmm. right? Because you know, uh, you know, at, at City Hall and. Uh, any government entity is based on how people work with you, right? Because somebody can be a department head, and if they don't like you, it may not go that quick. It don't mean it won't go, but it may not go fast, right? Mm-hmm. So you have to build relationships up in order to uh, try and 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 get your goal and take care of your community. So it takes a it takes a a lot of um, you know relationship building um, inside city hall, but outside city hall too. And, 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 and a lot of times, if you don't have the resources like I have to leverage things, you have to try to get the government money in order to make things happen. So like in my ward in the West Loop area, first thing we did was put down, and I was blessed because we had the um, uh, convention coming to the city in 96. Mm-hmm. So we utilized everything we had from the convention to start things out. We started out with by putting up planners and fences and cleaning up and getting rid of abandoned buildings and all of those things opened it up for other things to happen in the future. And the same thing over in the Cabrini Green area and Henry Horner and all those things, you have to plant those seeds and you have to take baby steps, but you have to get government resources to plant the seeds. You have to prime the community with government resources. A lot of people don't know on the West side, the first things that was built was scatter site housing. The developers didn't know they were scatter site housing. All they knew was new houses was being built. So they was like, man, they building new houses over here. I should go over there and buy and build. They started building next to it. <laughs> and not in the <laughs> west side, got, they, it got built up. You know, we, and so 
you know, you got to plant your seeds. And if you don't have a lot of, uh, you know, if you don't have a sought after community like we have in some parts of our ward, you got to utilize government resources to plant the seeds and prime that pump to get other things. To and I, and I'll just add, if you don't mind that it's because of wards like Walters and Brendan's and Bryant's that using the neighborhood opportunity fund actually is helping us in back of the yards and in, in greater Englewood because where their developers want to build in hotter neighborhoods, we're on track to have almost what, $200 million. I think the mayor said, uh, in, money available from developers that are being directly put into rebuilding the communities that traditionally everyone did ignore. So their seeds are flowering in our neighborhoods too. You're listening to WBBM News Radio's At Issue. I'm political editor Craig Delamore. We're talking about the future of the city council and the city for that matter with Alderman Ray Lopez, Walter Burnett, and Alderman-elect Maria Haddon. And we will continue our discussion in just a minute after this message. 70% of people over the age of 60 vote. Did you know that this is also the fastest growing population on Facebook? 72% of people between the ages of 55 and 64 are on Facebook. Are you using the most cost-effective and impactful marketing strategy to reach this critical voter base? Social media is no longer a tactic to reach just millennials with man buns and caramel macchiatos. There are roughly 50,000 households in a state-representative district. Mailing to each of these houses would cost more than $20,000, but reaching the same population through Facebook advertising five times will cost under $5,000, a quarter of the cost of a mailing. Imagine the possibilities and the impact an effective digital advertising strategy will have on your campaign. When it comes to digital advertising, the biggest campaigns and media sources turn to Sin Fronteras Media for direction. Your campaign should too. This is Jason Bauman from Sin Fronteras Media. I want to invite you to visit WeWinInIllinois.com to learn how we can help you leverage digital, data, and effective messaging to win your next election. Well, let's uh, talk about uh, the immediate, immediate future, and that is that we are going to have, along with the aldermen, all of the aldermen, sworn in, uh, we will also have a new mayor. What should the new mayor expect from this city council, and what priorities are you all going to be putting in front of her? And if this is a jump ball. Anybody can. Uh... Well, I, I think the, the new mayor um, should expect, for the most part, that most folks in the city council are going to try to work with her. I mean, I think, you know, it don't, it don't uh, benefit any uh, any of us if the mayor is not successful. We need the mayor to be successful so that we all can be successful. And so I think we're going to disagree on some things, but for the most part, we're all going to try to work for the best interests of the city of Chicago. And I think if, if, if the mayor comes in and look at us as a team, you know, I've always looked at every mayor as, as being my partner. Right. They I mean, we have to have a partnership in order to make things happen uh, in this city. But, you know, first and foremost for me is in my ward. So I'm hoping that the mayor comes in with that that type of attitude. And, you know, the the, the good thing about it with all of us, uh, we all learn from each other. I've learned some things from Rahm Emanuel, but I tell you this, he's learned some things from the council, too, uh, quiet as is kept. So we all learn from each other. And I hope that uh, when the new mayor come in, she will have that frame of mind because none of us know everything. And, uh, and there's, a, there's a lot to know about this city. But even more so, there's a lot to know about every ward and there's a lot to know about every community. Because just in my ward, I have about eight communities, different communities. They're all different, 100% different. So. Um, 
Maria Haddon, you're 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 coming in with uh, with all of the excitement of uh, of the new faces. Um, I and I don't know which caucuses. I'm assuming you will be in part of the Progressive Caucus. Uh, I don't know what other uh, entities you might uh, align yourself with. But what is your message going to be when uh, when Mayor Lightfoot calls you in, and she will, I'm sure. And say, any, what do you want? I'm just waiting. Yeah. I'm waiting for the phone call. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but but, but I, I know that's her way. Uh, mm-hmm. That, you know, what are you going to tell her you need or, or you want to see? Sure. So I um, uh, uh, appreciate, Walter, uh, hearing some of your advice and, and uh, Ray or Sue. I know that I, um, I know that I intend to do a lot of relationship building and, and learning as much as possible. One of the themes uh, through the campaign that resonated with folks in our community was, yes, our ward, and also the biggest issues facing us are citywide, right? So we're looking for um, uh, we're looking for collaborative leadership, and I think that's a message that I want to make sure, right, is we're on the same page with the mayor. So I agree it's about partnership, it's about collaboration, whether we're talking about housing affordability, uh, police accountability, uh, community safety, whatever it is, most of these issues, they're not solved by one alderman and one ward. Um, and so it's a, it's a big difference that I would like to push. So looking at that uh, cross-ward collaboration. And for me, the, the key theme is going to be around accountability. So that's accountability from council, accountability from the mayor, right, as she takes office and looking at some of the damaged relationships that weren't just from this last eight years, but have decades of history in Chicago between the general public and our, and our governing bodies, um, between the police department, from Chicago public schools, from aldermen themselves, and looking at how we can uh, rebuild trust, um, raise the bar on ethics for, for the residents of the city of Chicago. Um, Ray Lopez, do you see the city council getting along enough to uh, assert Oh, you give me the good question. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm going to make everybody weigh in on this one. But, but really, uh, you know, I think lately we have had some, uh, some tensions and divisions. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. To bring it out in the open, we are talking no, to the only Latino alderman who's not a member of the Latino caucus. And uh, uh, if, if you can quickly explain what that was about, but... Uh, well, I, well, real quickly, I left the Latino caucus because I think if you're a part of any group, for that matter, where you claim to be fighting for a community and you are leaders fighting to protect a community, particularly one that's under assault by a racist president, um, then you should not be using those same kind of tactics that you decry from him against your own members. And that was not something that I could participate in anymore. Um, but to answer your question, you know, can you get 50 cats to move in the same direction? Um, you know what? There will always be some disagreement, but at the end of the day, we are all here collectively for the city of Chicago. And I think that, uh, if new members coming in like Maria and everybody else are willing to, you know, Hey, we know we have to, you know, build some relationships, get to know people. If you're willing to come and meet your coworkers and see how you can work together, we'll be able to do a lot of great things. If you come in through that door and say, you know what, I won, screw you, and I'm this and I'm that, we've already seen how that works out with some members, and that doesn't accomplish anything. It makes for headlines, but it doesn't accomplish anything. 
And I'm hopeful that, you know, the new members are coming with open minds. Um, and I'm committing myself, and I'm sure Walter's probably the same way. I'm committing to an open heart to be welcoming to people who are new if you want to try it. Um, because at the end of the day, you know, I've had to battle some of the worst violence in the city of Chicago. Um, I've had to deal with a lot of things that most people don't have to, should never have to deal with, let alone have to deal with. And Maria's absolutely correct. One person's not going to solve it. We need to do it together. And there may be a solution that somebody mentions in the 49th Ward that I probably never heard of in the 15th Ward. But if she and I are not on ter talking terms, I'll never know what that is. Or conversely, she might not know an issue in the 27th Ward if she doesn't have a relationship with Walter that might help her accomplish something in the 49th Ward. Um, and I think there's a spirit there that's going to be beneficial to everyone. And I think most of the members are going to be on the same point in that regard. Walter? Well, Craig, you know, I, I kind of look at, uh, I look at a couple of my colleagues, one that lost, uh, Arena. Arena was part of the Progressive Caucus. He's one of the leaders. He's very aggressive. Uh, he may not have lost because of he was part of, he was part of that caucus. But I think that, uh, you know, he was on television a lot, going against a lot of stuff um, that, that ended up moving anyway. Right. He, he went, everything he went against ended up getting voted on. Right. And, and, uh, and then he ended up losing in his election. Then I look at my other colleague, uh, uh, who happens to have been the chairman of the black caucus, but also he was a member of the progressive caucus and he found himself on television all the time, you know, for things related to both of those entities. Right. And, and, he had a very close race. And that just brings me to the thing that your constituents don't really pay attention to all that stuff. They pay attention to their ward and what right. you're doing in your ward, to be honest. That, that's just my, my feeling. Um, they, they, they look at the broader thing, but most of all, they want to know what you're doing for me, what you're bringing back home to our ward. But is there money in Chicago, with the Chicago's budget being the way it is, for the kinds of things that they wanted to see uh, to, to actually get there. Well, I think we also have to start talking about what are the things that we're talking about and what's the governmental body responsible for it. Mm -hmm. um, because, I, you know, I know many people um, campaigned on promises of fully funding schools and, you know, uh, uh, social workers in every, you know, every school, no more rotating and things of that nature. Um, we have a governmental body responsible for funding schools. That is not necessarily the role of the city of Chicago, which is incorporated to fund water, police, fire, and all the other basic sanitation services we provide. So as we try to address these, we have to manage the expectations and the responsibilities of where everything belongs so that people understand when we're talking money, you know, if CPS is or the Board of Ed's raising taxes for this, and we need to raise taxes for city issues, that people are understanding the difference so that they could see whether or not they're getting their bang for their buck out of their Board of Education tax dollars without having to always go to the city of Chicago's tax dollars. So mm -hmm. money is a big challenge. Money mm -hmm. is going to be the biggest challenge of this coming uh, year, this coming budget. Um, I think, you know, we have to continue to, to push for economic development citywide. I know they some of the folks were against the Lincoln Yards and and the seventy eight acres, but those two things are going to bring more 
more economic development and tax dollars, not necessarily uh, property tax dollars, but uh, but uh, sales tax dollars and other tax dollars and people to the city uh, that's going to help the city in the future. And also we're getting ready to go through a census thing, right? Mm-hmm. And we don't get money when we don't have bodies uh, in the city uh, or in the state with the census. And the more people we have moving to the city, the, the more money we get for the city from the federal government. So, you know, it's, it's a, it's a lot of bigger picture things that's involved uh, with all of these things. And, 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 and the budget is plays a big part with everything that we do uh, because you, it's hard to get that new park. It's hard to get that new playground. It's hard to get, you know, those new lights, uh, signs, whatever the case may be, if you don't have money to go around. So we, we all have to participate in helping to balance this budget. And, and there may be some sacrifices ahead of us. And I think, you know, it looked like it looked like the new mayor may be having some smart people around her to help with balancing these budgets. That's going to be our final word because we are out of time. It goes fast. Uh, I would like to thank Alderman Ray Lopez and Walter Burnett and Alderman-elect Maria Haddon for spending this half hour with us. Thank you. This was a pleasure. Uh, to our listeners, if you would like a copy of this program or just to hear it again, please visit our website. That's WBBMNewsRadio.com. You can also find our podcast on Radio.com. I'll be back next week with another edition of At Issue, and I hope you'll be listening. Until then, I'm Craig Delamore, News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.